The New York Giants head coaching search is underway. We'll get you up to date on the candidates and what the Giants should be looking for in their next head coach. Coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lachlan Giants podcast, part of the Lachlan Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trana. Happy Monday to everybody. We are knee deep now in the New York Giants head coach search, and we're going to get you up to date on that. We're also going to talk about some of the qualities that would be ideal for the New York Giants, the next New York Giants head coach. So that's coming up on today's program. But first, let me thank you as always for making us your first listen of the day, or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And also let me just quick remind you that tomorrow we'll be doing a Twitter Tuesday. So as always, send me your questions. You can send them to LockdownGiantsPodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet them to me by tagging them, Ask P Train. And my Twitter handle, as you can see on the screen below, is at Patricia underscore trainers. So hope to hear from you guys and gals. Love to hear your questions. All right. So we're going to talk Giants head coaching candidates and what the Giants should be looking for in their next head coaching candidate. So first, let me get you up to date on what has transpired since we last spoke to you here on the Lachlan Giants podcast. New York has interviewed both Buffalo coordinators, Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, and Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator. That was done Friday and Saturday. Friday for Dable, Saturday for Frazier by new Giants GM Joe Shane. Um, Obviously, the connection there is the Buffalo connection because that's where Shane comes from. So um, those are two guys that are in the books. Now, as you were viewing this, the Giants are uh, set to interview Dan Quinn, the Dallas defensive coordinator. I think he's coming in at some point today, um, if he isn't already in there, depending on when you're watching this again. Um, Brian Flores is on the list. Patrick Graham is on the list. And a surprise addition to the list that was announced, uh, well, not announced, but which was reported on Sunday is Bengals defensive coordinator and former Giants defensive backs coach back in 2018, Lou Anaromo. So that's the surprise candidate. We're looking at six candidates for the Giants head coaching position um, in line with what Joe Shane said about casting a wide net and, you know, experienced guys, guys who have never been head coaches before. He's so far so good. He's, he's kept true to his word as far as, you know, who they're interviewing. So the idea or the hope, I believe, is to get this wrapped up by the end of the week and come up with a decision shortly thereafter because then you're talking about um, the college all-star games getting underway. You know, the Senior Bowl is is, is coming up. I know that. Um, you're going to have the, the HBCU uh, Bowl is coming up. Um, the Combine is going to be coming up. So you want to get the coaching staff in place as quickly as possible 
so that you can start getting to work on what you need to do with the roster. So that's uh, where they stand as far as the candidates go. Now, what we're going to do the rest of the way in this show is we're going to talk about some of the characteristics and things that the Giants hopefully will look for in their next head coaching candidate. All right, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Number one, leadership skills. That goes without saying. The coach has to be a proactive leader. He can't just be the guy that sits back with his feet up on the desk and delegates everything to his assistant coaches and chief of staff and whatnot. So how will the coach respond to adversity, which is a huge, huge factor. Nothing ever goes according to plan. Coaches do have to deal with adversity. How is the coach going to respond to it? Is he going to point fingers? Is he going to put the blame on himself? How's he going to put these fires out that pop up during the course of a, of a day or a week or a season? Um, how, uh, and, and when these, these fires do pop up, can he hold the locker room together? Now, Joe Judge, when he was the head coach, did a pretty good job of holding the locker room together. You didn't hear guys pointing the fingers at one another. You didn't hear anybody griping publicly at any rate or on the record about what was going on and what was going wrong. They stuck together. And that was the sign, I think, of a, of a solid leadership. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody was happy, but Certainly, you know, you want the coach to keep everybody, um, you know, from just splintering, you know, unlike what we saw with when Ben McAdoo was here and he, um, you know, the locker room just absolutely splintered beyond uh, recognition. So, so leadership skills is a big one. Item number two, flexibility and a willingness to adjust. Now, how many times have we heard a coach talk about the process? We heard uh, Joe Judge talk about it. We heard Pat Shermer talk about it. We heard Ben McAdoo talk about it. Okay, it's okay to have a process in place, but you have to be flexible enough to adapt and adjust if the process needs it. So in other words, what worked 10 years ago might not work today. What worked last season with a different roster might not work today. So are you willing to be flexible or are you married to that system to where no matter what, you're going to stick with it till death do you part. So flexibility is a big thing and the willingness to anticipate and adjust accordingly is huge for the next Giants head coach. All right. Item number three building relationships. Now, we all know at this point when Tom Coughlin was hired as the Giants head coach back in 2004, relationships were not his strong suit. He was pretty much General Tom. He came in, he barked out orders, didn't really have any kind of relationship with his players, um, didn't stop to talk to see how they were doing. And there's there was a story that he famously um, find a bunch of players who were late getting back to training camp one day, players that who had been, um, who had encountered an accident on the roadway and who had to take a detour that added time to their travel. You can't have that, folks. Not in today's uh, workplace, not in today's world. You know, and then you look at Joe Judge, who this past winter or, or this past season 
when a snowstorm, a snow and ice storm created hours long traffic delays for his players and coaches, Judge just simply adjusted the schedule because he had the relationships with the players. Now, he also, you know, allowed guys to to take leave, to be with their families if something popped up. You look at Billy Price, obviously. Logan Ryan last year was given the option to be with his wife when, when they unfortunately had to, you know, suffered the miscarriage from an ectoptic pregnancy. Um, so little things like that, you, you want to see your head coach be able to do because in the end, you want your players to be able to run or to want to run through a brick wall for you. And if, they, if they're not, that means you're really not building up the relationships the way you need to. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, if you're aiming to eat healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but without the calories and without the sugar. Most Built Bars have about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, making it easy to stick to any diet plan. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use our special promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to Locked on Giants. I am Patricia Trena, and we're talking the next Giants head coach, Gave you a rundown on who is on the list of interviews. And now we're talking about some of the qualities and things that ownership and new general manager Joe Shane probably are going to be looking for in the next head coach candidate. So let's continue on. We've got uh, a few more to go. Um, This next point I know is going to be a little bit on the controversial side, but I'm going to explain the reasoning behind it. And I also want to stress that it is not a deal breaker. But if I'm the Giants, I think I would want, ideally, an offensive-minded coach. All right? Now, again, it is not a deal breaker. I'm not saying that, you know, I would rule out a defensive-minded head coach or a CEO-style head coach. But the reason why I would want somebody who has a deep background on the offensive side of the ball is is for several reasons. Number one, the Giants offense, as we know, has been a mess and it is way further behind than the Giants defense at this juncture. So let's get somebody in here who can fix it, who can lay down a system that year after year after year is going to be the foundation. We don't have to worry about, you know, a coach, you know, a hotshot offensive coordinator, for example, getting hired as a head coach. You know, if, if the head coach of the Giants is an offensive-minded coach, he's going to be here, chances are, for, for a while. So that will give that offense a chance for stability and consistency that it really hasn't had in a number of years. So that's main reason number one. Main reason number two is you Look at the league rules and how they have favored scoring opportunities, all right? You want somebody who is creative and innovative enough to take advantage of those rules. You know, defenses, are they win championships, so you need a good defensive-minded coach, no question. But building up the offense, I think, is a little trickier than building up a defense. You know, you want somebody 
who's innovative, who's creative, you know, who looks at the talent he has and doesn't say, okay, you know, I've got Saquon Barkley on my team, so I'm going to have him do A, B, and C, but I know he can do E, F, G, and H, but I can't quite figure out how to incorporate that into my offense, so I'll just go with what he does best. No, you want to use, you want to get the most out of every single player and his respective skill set. So I tend to favor an offensive-minded coach if it were me. But again, I want to stress this. It's not a deal breaker. It's just, you know, if given my druthers, that's what I would want to see. But it is not a deal breaker. Cannot stress that enough, folks. All right. Item, the next item on the list, aggressiveness. I don't want a guy who is going to be passive, such as a guy who runs out the clock at the end of the first half, or a guy who decides to punt because he's going to, you know, he knows he's going to get the ball back to start the third quarter, or or there's plenty of time left. Look, you only get so many opportunities in a game to score. And this tendency to waste them? No, I, I, I don't want to see that. Take advantage of every opportunity you have and don't be passive. Don't be, you know, oh, you know, we've got third and long, so, uh, you know, we're going to go this way instead of that way. No, be aggressive. You know, I mean, you, you look at around the league and you see more and more teams are being aggressive. The Giants last year, not so much so. And you wonder how many times that they were passive where had they been aggressive, would they have had better results? It's fair to wonder. But anyway, that's what I'm hoping. Regardless of what side of the ball the, the coach comes from, I want him to be aggressive. I want him to put his foot on the opponent's jugular and not let up. All right. Uh, next item on the list. Someone who is open-minded, all right? Now, look, this is this kind of falls under the leadership quality and whatnot, but here's the bottom line. You're going to be managing 53 players, um, probably 16 practice squad guys. You're going to have a staff of at least 20. You're going to have uh, people in the front office that you have to deal with on a daily basis. Not everybody's going to be cut from the same cloth as you. So as much as we like to surround ourselves with people who have similar backgrounds as us or ideals, it's just not going to happen. So you need to be open-minded enough to say, okay, you know what? This person maybe doesn't think the way I do, but that doesn't make them any less at their job. And oh, by the way, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, uh, some women on the football coaching staff. Um, so this is what I'm kind of talking about. Don't just say, okay, you know, it's a man's game. It's, you know, if there's a qualified woman coach out there, or even a, you know, a woman to be a chief of staff for the head coach, I'm all for it. And I hope that that individual goes for it, you know? Um, so that's what I'm talking about when I, when I mean open-mindedness. Um, I'm talking about being able to understand the um, the different backgrounds of people and so on and so forth. And um, I just think that's very, very important for a head coach to just 
be open-minded and not, you know, lock into a specific set of uh, skills for their staff. All right, folks, I've got three more on my list of qualities that I want to see for a head coach. Stick around and I'll give you the last three coming up next. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, let me tell you about the Get Upside app. You can get up to 25 cents back for every gallon of gas every time you fill up at the pump. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. And when you use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to sign up for your account, you will get a bonus 25 cents per gallon back on your first fill up. That's 50 cents back per gallon on your first fill up when you use that promo code to sign up. You can cash out anytime you want with the Get Upside app, either to your bank account, via PayPal, or you can get an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, that's the Get Upside app and that promo code for your bonus total of 50 cents off per gallon on your first fill up is touchdown. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. Patricia Trainer here with you. And again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And we are talking Giants head coaching candidates. We ran down a list of people who have been linked to the team's interview process for the vacant head coaching job. And I've been running down a list of qualities and questions that... Um, I'm hoping to see the next G. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the next head coach possess. So uh, we have three more. And uh, before I get into them, just again a reminder: Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. So please get your questions in ASAP. And uh, I'm going to be recording the Twitter Tuesday show probably around eight o'clock on Monday night. So uh, you have until then to get your questions in to me. Okay, got about three more characteristics questions. I would say. Um, the next Giants head coach has to answer. And I'll start off with the staff. Now, if there was one thing that drove me crazy about Joe Judge's staff was that 98%, roughly, were guys that he had some sort of connection to, whether it be colleagues, whether it be friends, or what have you. I think the only coaches that he didn't have a prior connection to I want to say were Tyke Tolbert the receivers coach and I believe Thomas McGahey the special teams coach but otherwise everybody on that team uh, on his staff he had a prior connection to I do not want to see that with the next head coach I want to see the best possible coaching staff because look that can make or break a guy. I've said this before for what it's worth. I felt that Pat Shermer, when he was hired as the Giants head coach in 2018, I believe it was, when he came in here, he did not put together the best possible staff he could. Now, how much of that was a result of him you know, being with, with the Vikings and them going all the way to the NFC Championship game to where Shermer got a late start? That's cer certainly something you could take into consideration. But I just felt like some of the, the uh, coaching decisions were forced. Some of them, you know, like Mike Shula, for example, who, who became the offensive coordinator. That was a recommendation from then general manager Dave Gettleman. No, you, you've got to 
look for the best possible candidates. Now, you can't look indefinitely, but you've got to cast a wide enough net because there are certain positions that you need quality people on. And those other positions, by the way, speaking of the staff, you want to have bright young football minds that you can develop through the pipelines. So say, for example, your defensive coordinator moves on. Well, maybe you've got a young assistant coach who's either a quality control coach or a special projects or a position coach that that person is rising up the ranks to take take over. Because, you know, look, you're not just developing players to eventually become starters and play, you know, major roles on the team. You're also looking to develop coaches who can one day, you know, take on greater responsibility. So that's very important as well. And, um, you know, that's why I don't want to see them lock in to guys that the head coach has known in a prior life. Um, Along those lines, you also want to ask about the size of the intended staff. You know, Joe Judge last year had one of the largest, if not maybe the second largest staff in the league, Um, last year behind uh, Bruce Arians, who I think had the largest staff. All right. It's okay to have a big staff, but ask yourself why you're having a big staff. Now, Joe Judge obviously was a first-time head coach, tried to surround himself with as many voices as possible, and also believed that it made sense to break up some of the responsibilities into smaller chunks among the assistants. But you got to be careful of that because sometimes there's overlap. So sometimes it's not such a good idea to break things up into micro responsibilities because of the overlap possibility. So that's a big factor, obviously, that has to be addressed. Um, Next point, don't hire a head coach because he came from a system. You know, Bill Belichick's coaching tree seems to be very high in demand and with good reason. You know, Belichick is a Hall of Fame head coach. Um, His assistants haven't really fared well uh, when it's come to, you know, winning Super Bowls. So just because Belichick has been the gold standard doesn't mean that his assistants are going to be the gold standard, um, especially if they only come from that one system. Um, more and more, it's interesting, I think more and more um, league people are looking towards, you know, Kyle Shanahan's staff, maybe Sean McVay's staff, because these are innovative minds who, you know, even though they haven't been coaching as long as Belichick, these are guys who have had solid coaches. You know, you look at Zach Taylor, for example, the Bengals head coach who came from McVay's staff in uh, from the, from the Rams. So that's what you want to kind of see. You don't want to have to go back to the, you know, the Belichick staff or, you know, even the McCarthy staff, some of the older coaches. I mean, again, no disrespect to those guys, but, you know, just because Belichick had success in his career doesn't mean his assistants will. It also doesn't mean that his assistants are going to be or are going to have the other traits, you know, in terms of flexibility Um, in terms of creativity, to do things differently once they get to a new team. You know, that was a mistake we saw with with Joe Judge and the Giants. Joe Judge, you know, he was hardwired to do things the way Nick Saban and Bill Belichick did it. 
And those ways might have worked with a better roster, but they did not work with the Giants roster that wasn't as good. And we all know what happens. So, so yeah, connections don't need to be, I think, as big of a deal. All right. And then the final thing that you want to make sure of with the head coach is the hierarchy. All right. So we've heard John Mara say that the head coach and GM are going to be the ones driving the roster building process. Okay, great. So what happens if they disagree on it on a player? Who gets the final say? Theoretically, it should be the GM. But will it be? You know, and, it, and if the head coach is told no so many times, will he rise up and have problems with that? You know, um, there was a report in the Miami, I think it was the Miami Herald, that Brian Flores um, had some disagreements with Chris Greer, the GM down in Miami. And, you know, Brian Flores now is available on the open market for a head coaching job. So there has to be a give and take, obviously, between the GM and the head coach. But look, they're not going to agree every time. And is the GM comfortable enough to say, no, you can't have your guy because this, this, and this? And how is the head coach going to respond again when he is told no? So that is very important because look, we don't like to be told no. I think, I think if you, you know, we all, if we were given our choices on everything we do related to our job, we would want our bosses to say yes, but that's not always how it's going to be. And you got to know when to pick and choose your battles. And most importantly, you have to know how to fight those battles so that you don't create gaps in the relationship that ultimately could lead to it being either he goes or I go. So anyway, that's my rundown of qualities and questions regarding the Giants' next head coach. Joe Shane has already interviewed two guys. Actually, it'll be three by the time you hear this, because like I said, Dan Quinn is coming in on Monday. So depending on when you hear this, Dan Quinn may or may not have had his interview. Um, more will follow. Who's it going to be? Um, I can give you my preferences. I don't know necessarily that they will win it, but my preferences would be uh, Brian Dable would be choice one. And I think Dan Quinn would be my second choice. Um, the the guys that I am iffy about, I think would be uh, Patrick Graham. I think I would be iffy about Leslie Frazier. And I would be iffy about um, Anarumo and uh, Flores. So my two choices right now would be Dable or Dan Quinn. So who's it going to be? Well, we will find out hopefully in the next few days who the Giants are thinking. And as soon as we have that, we will, of course, bring you that announcement with reaction here on the Locked on Giants podcast. So that will do it for us, folks, for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to tune in tomorrow again. We're planning Twitter Tuesday, and then we'll just keep rolling right along with the uh with the shows for the rest of the week as we inch closer to finding out who the second half of the Giants uh, engine, if you will, who the second half of that's going to be to compliment new GM Joe Shane. So until tomorrow, everybody, have a great one. And thanks again for tuning in.